Welcome to Beyond Better, a podcast that explores a simple but profound idea. We all deserve to live lives we love, and that includes our work lives too. I'm Stacey Ennis, an author and longtime location-independent entrepreneur living in Portugal with my family of four. Join me as I talk business, location independence, writing, travel, and so much more, all focused on building a life that is beyond better. Welcome. This week, I'm sharing an interview that I did with Naren Ariel, who is the co-founder and publisher of both Mascot Books and Amplify Publishing. Now, I've known Naren for some time, and so it was really fun to connect with him and talk all about thought leadership, personal branding, and publishing. Now, this was recorded live, and it was also recorded before the doors to my signature program, Nonfiction Book School, closed. So you'll hear me talk a bit about that program, about it still being open, but I'm sorry to inform you, the doors are closed. They will reopen though. They'll reopen in 2021. So if you want to learn more and get on the waiting list to be the first to know, just go to nonfictionbookschool.com and join the waitlist. This interview details all about what thought leaders need to know about personal branding and books. If you have ever wanted to advance your platform in some way, maybe step into thought leadership and use a book as a method to get there, it's one of your kind of stepping stones into thought leadership, into being invited for keynotes, into being seen as one of the foremost experts in your field, in your industry. This is your episode. This is going to be so informative and hopefully also inspiring for you. And I am sure you're going to leave with some great both information and practical advice. So let's dig into my interview with Naren Ariel. Well, it's, it's wonderful to get to have this conversation with you because as we were talking about a bit before we went live, um, you and I have, well, we both work definitely within the production of books, right? Like the writing of it, the creation of it. Um, but you work, you're, you're, a lot of your focus is on the publishing side and a lot of my focus is on the writing side. And I'm excited to get to talk about um, kind of both aspects of that, both the, the internal journey of writing a book and how that um, helps you make that transition from expert to thought leader internally, and then how the book helps you show up externally as a thought leader um, and I'm curious to hear a little bit about you on, from you about the term thought leader and also, and really the terms kind of the term both thought leader and personal brand, because they're very buzzy. Um, we hear them all the time, but a lot of people don't really know what they mean. So I'm curious to know how you define those and what people need to know about them when it comes to authorship. Sure. So um, you're right. Thought, thought leader in particular is a buzzy word. Um, so I think what a thought leader, when I think of a thought leader, an expert, it's an expert in their field of expertise, whatever that may be. Um, but there are plenty of experts out there, right? And uh, what separates an expert from a thought leader is uh, a thought leader is interested in adding to the conversation, uh, giving their perspective, analyzing the data, 
um, and sharing it with others. And so uh, just because you're an expert doesn't mean you're a thought leader. And so, um, you know, I know you like to work with thought leaders and, and help them pull out their expertise into a format that uh, is consumable and is interesting um, to uh, whoever uh, is following them. And so, you know, we do the same thing. Um, not just on the content side, but on, you know, developing the marketing side for, you know, whether it's a book or whatever other content that a thought leader may be interested in developing. Mm. Yeah, I, I like that idea. It's like you can develop, you can become an expert in, you know, a certain type of fungus, for example, in a lab, um, or you can become example. an expert. That's a great example. <laughs> Um, you can become an expert. You can also become an expert in um, economics or, you know, there's all kinds of things you can become an expert in. But I, I totally agree with you. It's when you really make that transition into thought leadership, you're contributing something to the field and you're influencing other people as well. You know, you're sharing both your expertise and your unique perspective on it in a way that impacts people in some way, whether it's growing their expertise or changing their minds or exposing them to a big idea, as you mentioned. And I think that that's, that's a lot of the power behind a book is really kind of showing up in that way and having that impact on people. Yeah, that's right. And I'll give you a, a current example. We're, we're working with a gentleman who's a healthcare actuary and he is um, a numbers guy and he's been following this coronavirus and you know the infection rate and the hospitalization rate and the death rate. And um, he puts out a chart every day uh, to follow this. And, and so what he's doing and where we're coaching him is, you know, just, just don't put the data out there. Um, what does it mean? And so not to get political because this has turned into a, a political football. Um, but uh, as you know, you're smiling. Um, but, but, you know, he's doing that and he's uh, adding his voice, which is contrary to the prevailing voice, but that's okay. Um, he's backing up the data with his analysis. And so, you know, I think that's what thought leadership is really about. Mm -hmm. and if you can add to a conversation that is particularly timely, um, that, that becomes even more special. Yeah, I think that that opinion piece is important, right? You can't just show up and just tell people some fact, right? It's, and it's an educated perspective. I guess opinion isn't the right word. But helping digest the information and give it to people in a way that makes sense and helps them kind of think maybe more deeply or maybe influences their, their perspectives. Yeah, I, I love that you coached them through that. And that's a really important point. Hopefully that will be a huge uh, kind of learning point for anybody that's watching right now as well. Um, so we actually just talked through my next question, which was what differentiates an expert and a thought leader. But um, I would love to talk a little bit about that in a different way. Um, one of the things that I often talk to my clients with and also my students that are joining me in nonfiction book school um, is really about the journey of authorship and about the, the process that a person goes through internally um, to really make that transition. And, I like to tell the story um, of really my own journey with my first book that came out in 2013. For me with that book, I was making the really the transition from professional to expert. That was my journey. And then with my second book that came out in 2018, which I co-authored with Ron Price and it's sitting behind me on the shelf here. Um, I did really engage in that differently. Uh, I went through a different process with that, 
than I went through with my first book. And I took that journey into thought leadership. And I'm curious if you could share a bit with your experience with book development, with creation. What is it about that journey that helps people make that transition? And what's the difference between writing a quick, fast business card book and writing a book that establishes you as a thought leader? Yeah, so a couple things. I think um, you have to respect respect the process, right? And so you and I, when, before we started live, we were talking about how you know there's all sorts of uh, noise out there about how you can uh, circumvent the writing process and have a book in a weekend. Um, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And, and anytime you circumvent the process, the end result is not going to be as good. And, uh, you know, your theories or whatever ideas you're putting forth aren't going to be as well developed. It's not going to be as well written. It might not be edited to the level that uh, really helps your um, brand and it might actually hurt you. So on the content creation side, I would say that on the publishing side, um, I would say that um, the best projects are the ones where authors understand who the target market is and uh, start thinking about uh, marketing and how to reach that target market early in the process rather than later in the process. Um, so those, those are the two things. And, you know, I've, I've often heard from authors um, with book ideas and they say, you know, here's my book idea um, and everyone's going to love it. And, you know, I kind of roll my eyes and I think to myself, great, that means nobody's going to love it because you don't know who your target market is. And, yeah. and these are some of the conversations that we have and, you know, doing the tactical things to really set up your uh, author platform so that when you're ready um, to talk about your book, um, you will be uh, positioned to make the biggest impact possible. You called out a couple of things that I find a lot with people who I work with who are brand new to publishing, to writing and publishing. Um, one is the idea that everybody's going to want to read the book. Um, and I often tell my clients um, and my students that if you write to everyone, you write to no one. Um, and I often like to also share the, there's a saying that the riches are in the niches, right? So the more that you kind of identify who you're, who you're serving through your thought leadership, who you want to, who you want to develop or who you want to deliver this content to, the better you're going to be able to speak to them. And then you also called out the author platform, which that is another piece that I see hugely neglected until really late in the process. And so with my, my students, my clients, I often am encouraging them to get going early with developing their author platform. And I, I would love to hear you talk about this because I definitely have lots of ideas about this, but I'd be curious as a publisher to hear some of the things that a thought leader needs to have as kind of core components of their platform. Sure. So first of all, riches in the niches. I've never heard that before. Um, you ought to get t-shirts made up or bumpers. <laughs> yeah. Really good. And I'm going to use it. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So um, on platform, uh, I tell authors to uh, pretend like they have a book um, when they start writing their manuscript. In other words, mm -hmm. do all the things way before your book is actually published. So um, start uh, blogging, video, whatever, whatever platforms that uh, you know, you're going to be active on, start it as early as possible, a year before. And the reason, the reason being is if you wait till after the book is out, um, you haven't really established that connection with your potential uh, reader. And it's less authentic to uh, have not heard from somebody on a topic. And then all of a sudden their book comes out and they say, hey, here's my book. 
here's my book, go buy it, it's great, right? Um, so earlier, the better, and pretend like your book is out the moment you start writing your manuscript. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I tell my clients similar a similar idea, which is that you can start marketing your book as soon as you start writing it. So as soon as you begin the writing process, you, you start ideating, you are writing your book and you can start talking about it and you absolutely should be showing up and talking about your area of expertise. Um, from a really practical standpoint though, Naren, you know, some of the things that I coach people through is having an, an author, having a website. I, I ask people typically to, if they can, buy the URL of their full name, if it's reasonable to spell or their book title um, or their business, whatever, you know, whatever their kind of endeavor is that it aligns with. And, you know, I, I ask them to be creating some kind of content. I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with that idea. They think that they have to be either blogging or they think they have to be on every social media platform and creating videos and have a podcast. They think they have to do everything so they get paralyzed and they do nothing. Um, and they think they need to show up every day, which actually, if you're showing up once a week with valuable content, or even I'll tell people, start with every two weeks, show up regularly, and then move that into one week after you kind of get the rhythm. Um, I think that consistency, and, it, and even if it's one thing that's valuable, that's way better than trying to do everything or just do nothing because you get overwhelmed. Yeah, and uh, well said. And you know, again, I would say that you're trying to establish relationship relationships with uh, your consumer. Um, it's like selling anything, and it's I use sell in quotes here, right? And it doesn't happen overnight. Um, you have to be deliberate. You have to be thoughtful. You have to establish a plan and stick to it because you know getting your platform off the ground. Uh, chances are, very few people are going to read the blog that you spent half an hour or an hour writing. That's okay. It goes into your library of content, and uh, mm -hmm. it's never a waste of exercise. No matter you know, no matter if you are truly starting from nothing. So um, deliberate, consistent, and um, with a plan and a purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also okay. I don't know, so I'd be curious how you feel about this, but it's okay to just get started and build that strategy as you kind of test and explore and see what kind of content is resonating with people. Um, I definitely like to work from a content plan. I just use an Excel spreadsheet, but that took me some time. I needed to first just get going. And then from getting started and beginning to create, I started to see what people were reading. I started to see what they enjoyed and what was serving them best. And then I was able to create a strategy around that. Do you feel similarly or how do you coach people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there's actually some similarities uh, in terms of content plan and book marketing plan. Um, so I tell authors when it comes to book marketing, um, put your head down, execute the plan, don't even look up for six months, right? Um, whether you're, you're selling a ton of books or you're not selling a ton of books, right? Just continue with the plan. And so um, same holds true for the content plan, right? You've established the plan because you know uh, this plan is, is, um, is thoughtful and deliberate and uh, will likely serve you well. So stick with it, right? Um, don't get tied up in, in metrics early on because chances are the metrics uh, might, they might disappoint you, right? And so, but you know, you're not in it for the short term, you're in it for uh, medium or longer term results relative to your content. So, um, God, we're just echoing each other. This is fantastic. We just <laughs> <leave> great. <laughs> 
So I'm curious if I, um, you can share it to the level that you're comfortable, but if we could peel the curtain back a bit, because I know, like me, you get a lot of people inbound that want to work with you um, at, you know, through to have you publish their books. Sure. And I'm curious if you have noticed some qualities that differentiate people who eventually become great thought leaders in their fields and people who don't have as much success. What are some of the qualities, um, personal attributes? I'm not saying just their level of expertise, but some, some things about who they are and how they show up that kind of makes them stand out and eventually become successful. Yeah, that's a great question. And so uh, the ones that are most successful, um, at least in terms of my practice, understand that a book is a piece of the platform. It is not the platform, right? Mm -hmm. And so the folks that uh, I find are most successful um, are public speakers, are consultants, um, you know, and so the book is something that fits nicely into their overall platform, but they have no illusions that it's all about the book. Right. And so those are the, those are the clients that I um, enjoy working with the most um, because they, they have a reasonable expectation of what the book uh, is going to do for them and really what the book uh, may not do for them. And so um, it's, it's all about understanding that dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would build on that too with, you know, the people that I've seen be successful in their thought leadership endeavors. Number one, they aren't necessarily going into it thinking, um, I just want to be a thought leader. Like that's not their goal. Their goal is that they have a bigger vision of impact of, of really serving people in some capacity or making an impact on the world. Um, and the other thing that I see with those individuals is that they have, like, they're very big hearted and open. They are in what they're doing because they deeply believe in whatever it is, whether it's, you know, accounting or writing or, you know, politics or whatever it is. Um, those are the people who I see go on to be really successful. I think part of it is because it's easy to get burnt out if you're not connected to a big vision or a why or, you know, some kind of thing that you're working toward. I absolutely agree with you. The book is a piece and part of the bigger purpose, right? It's not the whole enchilada. <laughs> you have this big goal that you're working toward and the book is serving that. So, so we all work with folks that um, you probably do as well that uh, view the book as a box that they need to check in terms of uh, their journey, whatever they're on. Um, and that's fine, right? And so that might uh, fall into the um, business card, uh, book as a business card uh, bucket. Um, and then we work with folks that are incredibly passionate about what they're uh, talking about. And so it's, it's pretty easy to tell the two um, apart. And uh, we all, of course, enjoy working with folks that are particularly passionate and have a track record, a demonstrated um, desire to uh, impact the conversation and help others. So passion is probably the, uh, the buzzword, if you will, <laughs> um, that separates uh, you know, the ones that we particularly enjoy working with versus you know, others that are just trying to check the box. Yeah, well, it's way more fun to, to work with somebody who's really lit up and excited about what they're doing and believe in it. Like you, I mean, I know you love the writing process. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I love it. Everything I read um, that comes from you, your content is, is and sorry to embarrass you right here, but uh, your, your content is, uh, it makes it clear that um, you, know, you love the process and you love helping people. So I, I, I can see that in everything that you produce and put out there. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. I've been I've been obsessed with it since I was a little kid. So I'm living. I'm truly living my dream every day. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing. Um, okay. Okay. So let me just. I'll just kind of wrap this up by asking you. If somebody is out there who's watching this and they have been thinking about writing a book with the book as a, a, a piece of their journey that will get them to their bigger vision, the bigger thing that they want to accomplish, what advice would you give them to kind of take the first step in that direction to get going? Sure. So I'm assuming for a moment that they don't have a manuscript. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah. Yeah. So let's say the book exists in here, but nowhere okay. else. Yeah. So my go-to bit of advice there is um, I ask for a one-pager. And that one-pager is um, not really for me. It's for them. So they can organize their thoughts and, and they, can, they can be able to communicate um, in terms of what the book is about. Uh, you know, possible title, possible subtitle, synopsis, um, target market. And the target market is really important. Um, and then the last piece is what they're hoping to accomplish by getting this book on the market. So um, it's just easier to have a piece of paper or an email or whatever um, that you can refer to. And so I ask them to send me that and then I can take a look at it. And at this point, you know, having done this a long time, I can ask some questions to help them refine what they've sent me. And we can go back and forth until um, it's something that, uh, that then, you know, we might be ready to take the next step on. And that next step could be working with uh, somebody like yourself, a uh, ghostwriter or an editor, uh, a coach. Um, or if the person is going to write the book, um, you know, that gives them the roadmap to write it in an efficient manner. So the one pager, the magical one pager. Yeah, I love that. Um, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, I'm in the middle of al well, almost closing nonfiction book school. The deadline is tomorrow to enroll. And our second training is actually almost exactly what you just described. And that's creating a book concept. That's what I call it. Okay. And it's essentially a one, usually it's, it ends up being one to one and a half pages when I walk people through this. But I absolutely agree with you. I think what's profound about that, that little document that doesn't seem like maybe that, it might not seem that important, but it is hugely important. When I'm ghostwriting a book or I'm coaching somebody through their book process, I read that actually almost, I would say at least once a week as I'm writing and I coach my clients to do the same. And then I also... Um, I also have that document live with the book all the way through, even through design. So it's a way for every person that touches the book to quickly anchor to um, the, the purpose. I actually have a section, you might as well in how you coach people through this, that, um, that, that is about the real why, the purpose behind the book. Because, you know, when you have people working on your book, whether it's an editor or a proofreader or a designer or a publisher, whoever it is, you want them to understand why this book matters to you and how your, what your bigger vision is for like how it fits into that. So I love that. I love that piece of advice. Um, Naren, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so fun. I know we've been talking about doing this forever. So um, let people know where to find out more about you, about Mascot Books and Amplified Publishing. I'll be sure to link to it as well, but maybe just give people the websites and any other information you want to share. Sure. Um, so if you want to get in touch with me, you can email me. It's uh, Naren, N-A-R-E-N, at mascotbooks.com. Um, our website is mascotbooks.com. And our thought leadership uh, imprint is amplifiedpublishing.com. And we also publish our, our political titles under Real 
realclearpublishing.com, which is our JV with Real Clear Politics. Um, so this has been great. Thank you so much, Stacey. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for joining me. It was a lot of fun. We'll have to do it again soon. Looking forward to it. Take good care. Bye-bye. This podcast is produced by me, Stacey Ennis. Special thanks to Daniel Alexander for sound editing and Catherine Fishman for project support. These two make the show possible and I'm grateful. You can always access show notes, including any links mentioned in this episode at stacyennis.com slash podcast. And you can connect with me at stacyennis.com, on Instagram at Stacy Ennis, or on Facebook at Stacy Ennis Creative. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Here's to building lives that are beyond better.